But I am a strong believer that nothing that is in God's work in the sphere of our Christian faith is uh, done without prayer. Amen. Amen. It might get done wrong, but uh, without prayer. But I'm just saying, prayer. This church, this work, this ministry is built on prayer. Amen. There was an altar out here. I've told you about it. There's an altar made out of logs out here before there's any buildings ever ever built. And tonight, I want to encourage you about prayer. And I want to say, first of all, I have never been a great man of prayer. I just, I don't know. I'm not. That's not a pious statement. That's not junk. I just uh, praying don't come just real easy for me. Now, if I'm out working. And just doing work, I can kind of talk to the Lord and so forth like that. But boy, just to go somewhere and just, you know, I, I do that, but not anything like I ought to. Now, we, he says here to pray without ceasing. And so uh, I want to key in on that aspect of it tonight and, and look at some Bible scriptures. So get your Bibles ready, write down some passages of scripture. And then I'm going to challenge us in the area of prayer tonight to, to double down, to triple down on prayer. Uh, I'm going to be honest with y'all. Uh, you know, I can't pastor from there over. Are you, you, you know what I'm saying? I ain't got enough sense to pastor one, one section of this church. We need to pray. God is sending in people right and left. We need to pray. We, if we, without God, we can't, we can't minister to these people. We can't be to them, but, but God can. And so I want to challenge us tonight, all of us, just to, oh, by the way, not, is that thing up, the thing on? Is it, I can't see it. But anyway, I'm supposed to tell Diane High. All right, Diane High. And I want you to know something. We've got your husband shackled down over here, and we've got him under. Anyway, they're good to have them with, him with us tonight. All right, Father, thank you for, uh, Lord, the Word of God. And Lord, you know that I don't understand a lot about prayer, but I tell you, Lord, I sure believe in it. And I know it works, and I know, God, that you're a God answering prayer. And I know that you have taught and commanded and given us example after example of people that prayed, and you didn't put that in there for nothing. And God, I know tonight that prayer is the front edge of the spiritual warfare that goes on. And if the devil can keep us and, and, and just stifle our prayer life, Lord, the rest of us are going to suffer bad. So God, I pray tonight that through the preaching of your word, not because I'm preaching it, because we're here at this scripture where you said to pray without ceasing. Lord, there's a lot to that. There's a lot to that. And I pray God tonight that the Holy Ghost will preach to these people on the inside of their hearts and spirits while I preach outwardly. And God, that we might redouble our, in our, our uh, efforts and redouble our commitment and redouble our obedience, Lord, to, and, and our need to pray. God, I tell you tonight, I beg you in Jesus' name that the spirit of prayer would fall upon this congregation. And Lord, that people would pray without ceasing. And Lord, that we'd pray according to your will. And God, I pray that you'd help us to keep praying when it don't look like we're within a thousand miles of answer. God, help us to pray without ceasing. In Jesus' name, and I pray it for your glory's sake. Amen. Amen. Let's kick off, guys, with James chapter 5. We're going to be looking at a lot of scriptures tonight. And uh, I want us to be looking at those. James chapter 5, verse number 16. The Bible said, confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that you may be healed. Monday about noon, I was uh, without the meal and I'd been working just like I had been. And just the last log we put on the deck, 
uh, Sawyer, the uh, guy runs this mill, he wanted me to cut off the front end of that thing, and I took that little farm boss, kind of about the size of the farm boss steel chainsaw, cut it off. And when I started to raise up, I am telling you what, I thought somebody stabbed me clear up in my back. I mean, I'll be honest with you, probably the second most painful thing I've ever had in my life, and I was twisted like this right here, and this is how I walked to the house, just like this. And I, I, I mean, it hit me hard because I thought, man, I've messed myself up. Something bad is wrong. Well, tonight, I'm feeling pretty good. Amen. Now, I could say it's because he stuck me a needle in my back, and I promise never to hurt again in my back after that. No, I, uh, boy, how many of you have ever had a shot in your back? That is no fun. But I tell you what, you'd be willing to take it if you're hurting bad enough, I guess. But you know what? And he gave me, the, but you know what? I know one thing. My, I found out my wife was letting people know. And how many prayed for me this week? Would you raise your hand? Right there's your answer. Right there's your answer. And I'm telling you something. I believe in prayer. And I believe in my spirit. Y'all may think this funny. In my spirit, I can sense people praying for me. That's just the honest truth. You say, well, you don't know what you're talking about. I, let, me, let me fool myself then, would you? But I believe that God was hearing and answering prayer. And I will tell you, that happened Monday afternoon, but Wednesday morning, I went back out to the work. And the more I worked, the better I felt. And I worked Wednesday and Thursday and Friday. And I tell you what, I was able to, I, I was scared to death, you know, I would get locked up because I didn't want to preach like this, you know. Man, I tell you, I was glad to be able to move, amen. I'm I, I just telling you, I believe prayer. Prayer did it. I'm going to give God the credit, God the glory for prayer being answered. But he said that you may be effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man does what? Baileth much. And your righteousness is not your own righteousness, it's the righteousness of Jesus Christ. And if you're saved, your prayer can avail much. Your prayer can avail me. I'm, I'm telling you, prayer gets things done. I am just going to say over and over again, the work that you see here has not been done by, by flesh and by man's power. The work has been done supernaturally by the power of Almighty God. Yeah. Uh, everything you see, everything you see done, God has been people praying. Now, I'm going to tell you, like my, my brother, our mama passed away a month ago today. Was it, Van? Tomorrow. And I'm like Van. I'll tell you what, we had a praying mama. And so you know what I'm going to ask some, some of you elderly women to do? Step up and take my mama's place. Amen. Step up and take my mama's place praying for I guarantee she prayed for me every day. And I tell you, I had a praying mother. And when I surrendered to preach, answered the call to preach, Brother Jerry, there were people all over the country. I'd meet them and say, Reggie, heard you started preaching. Yeah, I said, we're praying for you. We're praying for you. And I've had people write and cut cards and all kinds of things. Reggie, we don't know why, but God put, us, put you on our heart that we're supposed to pray for you every day. And all down through these 41 years, people have prayed for me. Prayer is a wonderful thing. Think about the fact that you can come boldly to the throne of grace to find help in time of need, mercy and help of God in time of need, that I can talk to God Almighty. I've got a great high priest. I can go to God the Father and I can talk to him. And I want to tell you something. If there's anything the Bible teaches, believe God about that. Amen. Believe him. I don't care. Cast your doubts out. Throw them to the ground. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bring it into captivity. Every thought to the obedience of Jesus Christ. And I'm telling you, young men sitting out here, I want you to believe God for great things. At, unto him that's able to do exceeding abundantly above all we think or ask. That's the kind of God we're serving tonight. Amen. You know why I think America's in the condition it's in? It's, there's some reason, but one thing I think the church is to quit praying. I believe, we, oh, we got it all down. We don't need God. We know how to orchestrate a service. We got, the, we got a program lined out here. We're not, in fact, we don't even want God interrupting the program. But I'll tell you something. I, I, I'm, I'm going to say this now. Guess what? Get this over with. We got some young people that's meeting every Sunday morning back here praying, and I'm going to ask the men of this church, you ladies do what you want to, but I'm going to ask the men of this church, when you come in here Sunday mornings, 
I'm going to ask you, if you will, please come, just come up here and spend a minute, two minutes, three minutes, five minutes in prayer for the service that day. Pray for things that's on your heart. Let's, I mean, I'm not against you having a good visit, okay? I'm not against you fellowship with other men. But guys, listen, the honest truth about it is we've got to pray. I'll tell you, we need to pray more now than we've ever prayed in our lifetime. We need to pray for the power of God in our services. We need to pray for love of the brethren. We need to pray for the, for the wisdom of God. And we need to pray for the drawing power of the Holy Spirit. For without him, we can do nothing. We, we can't do anything. But God says that the effectual fervent prayer, you know what, that's hot praying. Fervent is hot. That means you get serious about it. You get, it, you get your heart into it. And this is why Jesus, and I, I'm telling you right now, I, I'm a big believer in getting in your closet. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet. When thou shut thy door, pray to thy father in secret. And thy father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. And I tell you something, the older you get and the further you go, the more you're going to need to fall on your face and cry out to God for help in time of need. And say, God, help us. We need help. And I'll tell you something, I want this church. I, I, we got wonderful singing. Amen. We got wonderful singing. Well, I'll tell you what, some of the sweetest families and people, there's a little boy come by a while ago to me and Karen. I'm not sure whose he is, but he's one of them, you know, 10 or 15 groups. I don't know, you know. And he come by and he, he about that tall and he stuck out his hand to me and said, Hi. And then he started to walk off and he turned around and looked at Karen. And that little boy, I could tell, thought, you know what, I better back up and shake her hand. He walked up, hi, and he shook. That blessed my wife's heart, amen. I'm going to tell you something. These people are in this church and they're coming to this church. We need the power of God working. Amen. We need the power of God working. Well, the effectual fervent prayer of righteousness. So anyway, let's go to Luke chapter 11, guys, number one, verse one. I love this passage of scripture. And it came to pass that he was praying in a certain place when he sees one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. As John also taught his disciples. And he said, and then when you pray, say, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. It, it, in earth, in heaven, so in earth. Give us this day. God just give us an outline for prayer right here. Well, I'll tell you something. Even a, even a hog, I mean, the only thing I know won't look up and thank God the hog. I'll tell you something. The acres on the ground I'll be thankful for. We ought to thank God and not, can I just say, please don't eat without praying. Amen. I don't care where you're at. Amen. Don't be ashamed to pray and thank God for your food. I, I, I'm serious with it. But anyway, he gives that out. Now, here's, look at verse number five. Now, watch this. And he said unto them, which of you shall have a friend and shall go in him at midnight and say unto him, friend, lend me three loaves. Now, look at that capital F on friend. For a friend. And this man comes to him at midnight, says unto him, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine is in his journey, is come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. And he from within shall answer, say, Trouble me not, the door's now shut, and my children are in bed, and I cannot rise and give thee. I say unto you, watch this, though he will not rise and give him, because he's his friend, yet because of his importunity, he will rise and give him as many as he needeth. And I say unto you, ask and it shall be given unto you. How many believes that? Yes. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be open. For everyone, everyone that, ask, that, that asketh receiveth and he that seeketh findeth and him that knocketh, it shall be open. If a son asks bread of any of you that is a father, will he give him a stone? If he asks a fish, will he give a fish for, a ser give for him a serpent? If you ask an egg, will he give him a scorpion? Look at verse 13. If ye being evil, and I'll say amen. amen. Yeah. If I'm evil, know how to give good gifts unto my children. How much more shall your heavenly father give the Spirit, Holy Spirit to them that ask him? Yeah. 
And another passage of scripture, how much more is to give good things to him that ask? And God didn't write this to fill pages. And I'm telling you something right now. How many of you have got prayers God's never answered? I do. But I'll tell you what he's going to do. He's going to. He's going to. You know what? Back that thing down. Back that thing down. To that guy that was coming to the house. Right here is one of the greatest passages for, for back it on down, please. For preachers that there is. There you go. Friend of mine's on his journey. As a pastor of this church, I look at you as friends that are on a journey. You're, a, you're on a journey toward eternity, okay? A friend of mine's come to me. You come into church here on Sunday morning, and I have nothing to set before you. Oh, no. He from within shall answer, say, trouble me not the door, thou shut my children with me. I cannot rise and give thee. That, the, the man in the house is a picture of God the Father. The man knocked on the door is a picture of a preacher or a parent or a person. And they're asking God to do something. He says, you know what? It's called importunity. Look at that word, right? Where's that? Verse number eight. Yet because of his importunity. Write this word down somewhere in your Bible and learn what it means. It means persistent, nonstop begging. You will not quit. You know why that guy got up and gave him three loaves? Karen, I guess they're not going away. What? <laughs> now, I think that's almost strange to hear God say something like that. Yeah. But he tells us, importunity. By the way, we're going to go back to the Old Testament and find out that's how them men prayed. But importunity is consistent, nonstop begging. The Bible said men ought always to pray and not to faint. In other words, don't you give up praying. I'm telling you tonight, according to your faith, so be it. I'm not on some kind of whisker trip now trying to talk big spiritual talk. I'm down to serious business because prayer is spiritual warfare. You've entered into the spiritual realm that you cannot see. And there's going to be opposition by the devil and he's going to fight you. The Bible said Daniel uh, prayed for 20 and one days and the prince of Persia withstood him. I'm going to tell you, you fall on your knees and you pray about something and the devil's going to try to withstand your prayer. I don't understand about prayer. There's a lot of things I understand, but I'm dumb enough to believe the Bible and just say, I'm going to pray anyway. But what God is saying, so I want to encourage you tonight. Keep praying. Keep knocking. What I do, I, many a time in 41 years of pastoring, I have not had anything to give the congregation, Jerry, on Friday night. To be honest with you, this morning, I almost like, man, tonight even, I, I'm just telling you, I can, you know what God does? God withholds till I come to pray. Yeah. Till I declare my dependency upon him. I can read, I can study, I can prepare. But until God opens the door and said, here's a loaf Amen. for those people on their journey. It's interesting, there's three loaves there. Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. And so I've learned a long time ago, because I'd be preparing and I'd be praying and I'd think I'm going to do this. And you know what? And just like the Holy Ghost is just kind of blocking. And a little small voice and say, have you prayed about this? <laughs> have you asked me to help you? Have you asked me to give you? I have literally been studying the same verses, the same passage, getting absolutely seen like nothing out of them. But when the Holy Ghost comes, all of a sudden he just pulls the shade back and the most glorious, wonderful things comes out of there. But how did it happen? It came by importunity. And I'm just going to be blunt, honest with you. I said, oh God, I don't have anything for those people. Lord, I ain't got dry cornflakes for them. God, I've got to have something from heaven for these people. Amen. God, they're going to come Sunday morning and Sunday night. And God, they, they, they need to be fed the word of God. Amen. Feed the flock of God, which is among you. Amen. And Lord, I don't have anything. And God is telling me, he said, you just keep a knocking. 
You just keep knocking. You keep praying. You keep seeking the Lord. I'm telling you not. I've got issues in my life that I'm saying, well, it seems like God's not hearing, but I know there's a great spiritual warfare going on up there. It's my job to keep praying. It's my job not to give up. And I want to encourage you tonight. I want you to walk out that door, get in your pickup truck and say, honey, we're going to keep on praying. We ain't going to give up. Amen. We're not going to stop till Jesus comes back. Pray. Amen. That's why it's not good for you to have everything you need all the time. Because if you have everything, you say, we don't have need of nothing. Why do I need to pray? I'll tell you what, we're so sorry low down. If God don't pull the deal back, plug back on us, we'll quit praying. But anyway, he said that importunity, I want you to learn that word, importunity. You don't quit. You don't quit. You don't, well, I prayed about that. It didn't happen. So I, yeah, I'm going to tell you something. You ain't going to say, oh, listen, when the glory comes down, the power comes down and you see God answer prayer, I'm telling you, I, I, I'll throw you out all out some. We went to Ketchikan, Alaska. Karen and I did. Church put us on a, a cruise up there. And we went to catch, it was all up and down that deal all over Alaska. We stopped to catch a can, got off that boat, walked up there and saw all them fishing there. I was up on the mountainside and we turned around and looked and there's like six of those big cruise ships docked there in that bay. And like we were on. And God literally burdened my heart right there. Said, Reggie, I was right here. I, I looked at those six or seven ships. There's people from all over the world unloading right here. And God gave me a burden for this church to go up there and pass out tracts. And that year, that year we, we made the brochures, Joel and his wife, Tanya, they were recently married. And man, they went up there and we rented a room up there and they were on. The, and by the way, there are several people from this church flew up there to help them different times. Karen and I did once, but they stood in the area there on the docks that we passed out. Joel, where are you at? He here anywhere? I don't see him anywhere. <laughs> anyway, I, I'm going to tell you about probably 100,000 and some tracks and CDs. To people from all over the world. Now, I'm going to tell you this. So, it's, you guess what that cost? It cost a hundred and some thousand dollars to do it. And God's bringing in the money, God's bringing in the money, God's bringing in the money. But we got down to about $70,000. And boy, I tell you what, it looked like, I don't know. And I never will forget this in my life. We was down there in the, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the gymnasium getting the packages together. They put things together, put the CD in there and there's a track in there and had a real nice picture, catch you can, all that. And a guy walked up to me and he said, Reggie, he said, I've really had a battle with God over this, but he said, That's, it's got to happen. He said, take that and, and use it for that trip. Help that thing up. There's $35,000 in that check. Put us right over the top. We, we went up there, absolutely everything paid for, taken care of. I've lived long enough around here to see all kinds of prayers answered. I tell you, I could write a book on prayer being answered in the ministry. Of the, and let me tell you something else. God's interested in his work. He ain't much interested in Reggie Sawmill, but he's really interested in his church. But I want to tell you something I want you to know tonight. If you don't believe that God really cares about you, you'll have a hard time praying about anything. But if you know that he's a heavenly father that loves to give his children good things and be kind and gracious to you and, and stuff, and that whatever he does is for your best interest. Boy, I'm going to tell you something. Listen, uh, we didn't look to, let's see, we got that pretty well. Everyone that asketh receiveth. He that seeketh findeth. And so forth. And he says, if you ask for a bread, I'm not going to give you a stone. Importunity is bearing down. It's pressing on. It's urgency and request, demand, fervent urging. You're nonstop praying. You just keep on keeping on and you don't give up and you persevere. Did you learn anything yet tonight? Yes. Some of you tonight are about to give up on something. 
Don't do it. Double down. Double down. I'm not quitting praying. I'll tell you what, we need to pray for the power of Almighty God on this church. Yes. We need to pray that we'll love one another fervently with a pure heart. Amen. We need to pray that we won't be playing jack leg religion in here. Amen. I'm telling you right now, we ain't no monkeying around. We're, we're, we're in serious business. If you don't think the devil hates this place, you don't, you're not up to speed on what's happening. He hates this place with a passion. Yeah. All right, let's go down. God has promised to answer prayer. Psalms 91, 15. Psalms 91, 15. Did I? Yeah, let's, get, let's go to Psalm 91, 15. And guys, we'll just kind of roll from there if we can. So he shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will, be in, I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him in honor. Why don't you look at that? He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. Call upon him. I'm going to answer you. Isaiah 58, 9. Guys, just roll right ahead of me if you don't care. Then shalt thou call and the Lord shall answer. Thou shalt cry and he shall say, here I am. But he's got some conditions there about that for take away the mist of the yoke and the putting forth the finger, speaking vanity and so forth. But God wants to answer prayer. Isaiah 65, 24. Look at this in here. And it shall come to pass that before they call, I'll answer. <laughs> While they're yet speaking, I will hear. Man, I'm telling you something. We need to reach back like the old Christians did and claim the promises of God about prayer. Yeah. But I'm just telling you the truth now. If we, the society that we live in, we got every, the government to give it. If we ain't got it, the government to take care of it. We don't need God for anything. It's caused us to quit praying. Yeah. Jeremiah 33, 3. This was my mama's verse on prayer. This is my mother's verse on prayer. Call unto me and I'll answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Yeah. Now I'm just going to tell you. I'm going to tell you a little secret. It ain't no big deal. It has, has nothing to do with me and everything with God. But for some reason or another, when God, when I call, answered a call to preach and started preaching and, and got a burden for the work of the Lord, I used to ask God, I said, God, I don't want to be a normal preacher. Now, I don't know what a normal preacher is. And I said, God, I don't want to pastor a normal church. God, you're supernatural. We don't have to just go from Sunday to Sunday, nothing happening for God. You sent your son to this world to people be saved. We need to be an influence of salt and light. Yeah. And I'm telling you, I asked God, and I what you want to admit or not, I believe God answered that prayer. Yeah. I believe He's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. Some of you boys out there, God's going to call you to preach, and I want you to believe with all your heart that God's not monkeying around, and God wants to use you, and God will help you, and God will bless you. I'm telling you, seek His face and say, and say, God, I will not be satisfied just going along. Yeah. I want to see your power. Yeah. I want to see your glory. We want to be used of you. Yes. Call unto me and I'll answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Luke chapter 11 verse 9. We looked at that a while ago. I say unto you, ask and it shall be given you. John 15, 7 was another one of my mother's verses for prayer. And I'm not joking you a bit in the world. I've heard her quote this verse. I don't even know how many times. If ye abide in me. And my words abide in you. You shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. Boy, she, she hung on that verse. She said, I read you got to be abiding in him and he's got to be abiding in you. His words, you got to be abiding in his word. You got to get in that book. I'm telling you, you ought to write. Can I tell you something tonight? Write these verses down. Lay hold of them. Put them in your Bible. Read them out and say, God, here's the check you give me. I'm going to cash it today. But I'll tell you, abide in me. My word abide in you. You ask what you will, it shall be done. I'm not up here fanning the air tonight. I'm not up here filling in 30 minutes for my pastor's salary. Come on. Come on. I want you people to experience answered prayer. Yeah. Yeah. 
I want you to be able, your children, to grow up in a home where they saw God hear your prayers answered. Yes. That's what I do. I preached my head off for 50 years here, but I'll tell you what they'll do. They'll see mom and dad get on their knees and pray in the house and say, God, we need you and we need you that world. We're asking you for this and ask you to do this. I am telling you, your kids will grow up and they'll never forget that. Yes. That's what we need to see. Jude 20 says, but you beloved building your, up yourselves uh, in your most holy faith. Look what it says in Jude chapter, chapter one, verse number 20 is the only chapter there is in it. But anyway, it's praying in the Holy Ghost. Now, I don't know much about praying in the Holy Ghost. But all I know is that the Holy Spirit of God, it will pray through us. The Bible said the Spirit searcheth the deep things. You got Romans chapter eight, the Spirit itself beareth witness our spirit and so forth. And we've got to pray in a connection and in unity with the Holy Spirit and pray in the Holy Ghost. I don't know much about it. I'm just being honest with you. You can see me stumbling around, but that's what the Bible says. Whatever that means, I want it. We pray in the Spirit through the Son to the Father. I know that much. I know the Holy Spirit has to be involved in praying in the Holy Ghost. Yeah. Look at that. Watch it. Praying in the Holy Ghost. Yeah. Praying in the Holy Ghost. The power of God upon our prayers. Prevailing prayer. I want you to go further with me tonight to Genesis chapter 18 and verse number 20. Genesis chapter 8. Turn your Bibles there tonight, please. I would like for you to mark this in your Bible. Genesis chapter 18. You and I are living in this kind of day now. Abraham was living out in the country. A lot of went down to Sodom and Gomorrah. Filthy, nasty, vile, perverted generation time that he was living in. But I want you to watch a man pray. Abraham should always be watched and studied by the child of God. He's a father of faith. You watch him carefully about everything that goes on in his life. There's something to be learned from it. In verse number 20, it said, And the Lord said, Behold, because the cry of Sodom and Gomorrah is great, because their sin is very grievous, I will go down now and see whether they've done it all together according to the cry of it which is coming to me, and if not, I will know. The men turned their faces from thence and went towards Sodom, but Abraham stood yet before the Lord. Watch what did Abraham do near and said, Wilt thou also destroy the righteous with the wicked? Peradventure there be fifty righteous within the city. Wilt thou also destroy and not spare the place for the fifty righteous that are therein? That be far from thee to do right after this manner. That be far from thee to do after this manner, to slay the righteous with the wicked. That's pretty bold talking to God. That's pretty bold talking to God. Look at what he says there. Shall not the judge of the earth do right? I ain't never said that to God yet. I'm afraid he slapped me silly. He gonna do right. And yet Abraham was pressing, watch this, he was building his prayer on the character of God. Yeah. This is important. I'll tell you about God. God, he's, God, God tells you to prove him. God asks you to prove him. God's not afraid for you to try to prove him. And the Lord said, if I find in Sodom 50 righteous within the city, I'll spare all the places that Abraham answered and said, behold, now I've taken upon me to speak unto the Lord, which am but dust and ashes. Look at his humility before God. Yeah. Acknowledging that he is dust and ashes. I ain't nobody, God, but I'd, per, I'd like for you to hear my prayer. Yeah. Peradventure, there lack five of the 50 righteous. Wilt thou destroy all the city for lack of five? And he, God said, if I find there 40 and five, I'll not destroy it. And he spake unto him yet again and said, peradventure there should be 40 found there. And he said, I will not do it for 40 seconds. He said unto him, oh, let not my Lord be angry. 
he, he, he's moving on into praying ground here. Yeah. And I will speak peradventure there should be 30 be found there. And he said, I will not if I find 30 there. And he said, behold, now I have taken upon me to speak in the Lord peradventure there should be 20 found there. And he said, I will not destroy it for 20 sake. And once you look at verse 32 and he said, oh, let not the Lord be angry. I will speak yet but this once. Peradventure 10 shall be found there. And he said, I will not destroy it for 10's sake. Here's a man who prayed himself all the way from 50 down to 10 and God heard him. You talk about a man that interceded for people and cared about people. This man did, but I tell you, he prayed. You know what he was doing there? Importunity. He kept pressing, he kept pressing, he kept pressing, he kept pressing. He wouldn't give up. He kept pressing, talking to God. In Genesis chapter 32 and verse number 24, if you want to look at that, Brother Davison shared this scripture with me the other night and talking about the depth of the riches that are in this text of scripture. I believe this is the one you're talking about with Jacob there rising with the Lord. In Genesis 32 verse 24, Jacob was left alone. Can I tell you the best times of prayer you're probably ever going to have is when it's alone. Yeah. Just being honest with you, I appreciate united prayer and we need united prayer, but I'll tell you, there's something about getting along with God. Yes. And there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. And he saw that it, when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint. And as he wrestled with him, he let, said, let me go for the day breaketh." And he said, I will not let thee go. Underline that in your Bible. Jacob said, I ain't going to let you go. Amen. Except thou bless me. This is the importunity. This is hanging on. This is not giving up. This is staying in there when you feel like this. There's no, it just like your flesh and everything in your senses says, I, I, I ought to just quit. And that God ain't going to answer that. God's not interested in that. Hanging on. Just keep praying. Yes. Just keep praying. Just keep praying. I won't let you go. By the way, there's a whole world of Christian principles built into this passage of scripture about Jacob's life. But I can tell you this much, it was through prayer that changed his life forever. He walked out of there a changed man with a new name. Amen. He had, a, he had a, a run in with God that changed his life and it was through prayer. Amen. One of the reasons that God changed his name, I'm telling you, he said you're a prince with God because you have power with God. I'm going to tell you something. Prayer, it, to me, is one of the most mysterious things there is, but it's one of the greatest things there is about the Christian life. Yes. He said, I will not let thee go except thou bless me. And he said unto him, what is thy name? Now, here's what happens when you're going to get along with God sometimes. He's going to ask you, who are you? Yeah. Who are you really? Yeah. He was Jacob the conniver. Yeah. <laughs> you know what God will do sometimes in private prayer? Is get some other things taken care of so you can have answered prayer. And he said, thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel for as a prince. Look at this. Thou hast power with God and with man, men and, sh and has prevailed. Used to hear in the old time preaching, prevailing prayer, prevailing prayer. You pray till you pray through. They used to call it praying through. Now, a lot of people talk about praying through to salvation. I don't believe in praying through to salvation. I believe in believing on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. But what it may be, may for some of those people may have been is praying through, getting rid of all the junk so they could be saved. I don't know. But I'll tell you what I do believe in, I do believe in praying through. When I was a young preacher, and I've told this probably a thousand times, some of you goes, I can, I can memorize, I can tell you that one myself because I heard it so often. But I started out preaching, living down there where Van lives, and a lot of trouble came in my life, and the Catholic Church got after me, a Springfield newspaper type, and I, it just it was a bad, bad situation. And they told me they was going to destroy my family and all kinds of junk, and I'd never been used to anything like that. I had a brother running for Senate, and I mean, it was just a mess. 
Springfield newspaper called and said, we're going to destroy you over you preaching on Catholicism. I remember I left my house, went across that little creek, went up into the woods up in there, and I tell you, I got on my face on the ground. And I'm tell you, I still, I still remember the leaves there. And I spread my body out on that ground, and I said, God, I didn't call myself to preach. I don't know what's going on. I, I'm not out to hurt my family. I'm not out to cause all kinds of chaos and trouble. But God, you're going to have to do something. And I prayed there, and I don't even know how long I prayed. I'm honest with you, but I prayed till I didn't know what any more to pray. I prayed myself out. And I didn't feel nothing. And I got up, I walked back down to the house. And this, I'm going to tell you this because this may be something to help you. I walked back down to the house and there used to be a little old fence there and had a gate about that wide. And the moment I reached for that gate, the Holy Ghost of God came. And I'm telling you, it was like angels fluttering around me. And I'm telling you, there was such a power come over me and such a glory of God came over me. It filled me. I'm telling you what, I jumped that creek and said, I'll charge hell with a squirt gun. I, and I, I'm not quitting preaching on false doctrine. And I'm telling you what, listen to me. I, God didn't do it up there on the mountainside, but he did it when I hit the bottom. Amen. I'm going to tell you something. I'm telling you, pray. And you say, I don't, can't feel anything. I can't see anything. Keep praying. Amen. Keep praying. Second Kings chapter 19. I love this. Oh, Hezekiah. Second Kings 19 verse number 14 says, and Hezekiah received the letter from the hand of the messengers and read it. And Hezekiah went up into the house of the Lord and spread it before the Lord. Hezekiah. Can you guys get that, those up on the wall for me, please? Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Spread it before the Lord. And Hezekiah prayed before the Lord. And the Lord God of Israel, which dwelleth with the cherubims, thou art God, even thou alone. All the kingdoms of the earth, thou hast made heaven and earth. Look at this. Lord, bow down thine ear and hear. Open, Lord, thine eyes and see and hear the words of Sennacherib. Sennacherib, which is sent to reproach the living God. Now, there's a lot in this prayer. But I'll tell you what, it was one thing about prayer you'll always remember. Can I honestly say that this is for God's glory? Can I honestly say this is for God's glory? I hope that you can. We tend to think sometimes God's just a candy store. And all of our prayers is about me and mine and this, 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 and the other. But I'll tell you what he did. He opened this. This thing was against your glory, God. They're, they're attacking your name. Yeah. He, he talked about, he said, he said, that, he said which has sent him to reproach the living God. Boy, I love this next passage. Of the truth, Lord, the kings of Assyria have destroyed the nations in their lands and have cast their gods into the fire. For they were no gods, but the work of men's hands, wood and stone. Therefore have they destroyed them. Now, therefore, O Lord, our God, I beseech thee, save thou us out of his hand. Why? What was the motive for his prayer? Look at it. That all the kingdoms of the earth may know that thou art the Lord God, even thou only. There's motivation in your prayer that you need to search out. Most of my praying, to be honest with you, has been for Reggie's sake. And God has to work through that. Say, Reggie. Why do you want that done? Why are you asking that? And I have to ask myself, is this for God's glory or not? Second Kings chapter 20, Hezekiah was sick unto death. I'm not going to take time to read it. But he turned his face to the wall and prayed to God and asked God to remember him and to extend his life. And there's a debate, of course, about whether that was a prayer he should have prayed or not because it didn't turn out. It might have been better he'd have went on out. Maybe he might not have done the things he did later. I don't know that, but God heard and answered his prayer. 
Ezra chapter 9, verses 5 through 7. At the evening sacrifice, I rose upon my, forever my heaviness. And having rent my garment, my mantle, I fell upon my knees and spread out my hands unto the Lord my God. You see what that guy did? He fell on his knees and spread his hands out to God. You go to the New Testament, I will that men everywhere lift up holy hands without wrath and without doubting. You know what holding your hands up says? God, I need you. God, I recognize you as my Lord and my King. God, I'm dependent upon you. Our breath is in his hands. And I tell you, it's humility. And I'll just tell you right now, God, God, God hears them. Well, you ain't coming to God cocky. Amen. The need of God. Well, Daniel chapter, let's go to Nehemiah, guys, if you want to. Nehemiah 5, 11. Nehemiah was coming back to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem, to build that city up. And I want you at Nehemiah chapter 1, verse 5 through 11. I want you to see this. If you can. And he said, I beseech thee, O Lord God of heaven, the great and terrible God that keepeth covenant and mercy for them that love him and observe his commandments. Let, now thine ear, let thine ear now be attentive and thine eyes open, that thou mayest hear the prayer of thy servant, which I pray before thee now day and night for the children of Israel, thy servants. Confess the sins of the children of Israel, which sinned against both, thee, both I and my father's house of sin. I want you to look at verse number seven. We have dealt very corruptly against thee and have not kept the commandments, nor the statutes, nor the judgments which thou commandest thy servant Joseph. Remember, I beseech thee, the word that thou commandest thy servant Moses, saying, if you transgress, I'll scatter you abroad among the nations. But if you turn to me, you know what he's doing? He's praying a prayer of faith based upon the word of God. He said, Lord, you said back over there that you'd send us into captivity if we abandoned. But he said, if we turned and repented, you'd hear us. He's taking God at his word. It's called the prayer of faith. When somebody talks about the prayer of faith, faith comes by hearing, hearing comes by the word of God. It's laying this book out and saying, God, this is your word. Yes. Not trying to manipulate, not trying to twist God, nothing of that nature. But God, this is your word. And I'm praying based upon the word of God. That's what God wants you to do. And he continues praying there to verse 11. Now these are thy servants and thy people whom thou hast redeemed by thy great power and by thy strong hand. Look at this. O Lord. I beseech thee, let now thine ear be attentive to the prayer of thy servant, to the prayer of thy servants who desire to fear thy name and prosper. I pray thee, thy servant this day, and grant him mercy in the sight of this man, for I was the king's cupbearer. Before he ever started that work, he started with prayer. Amen. I tell you, prayer ought to be in the front thing of everything you want to do for God. Daniel, let's go, to, let's go to Nehemiah 4, guys, if you don't care, verses 8 and 9. And conspired all them together to come and fight against Jerusalem and hinder it. Nevertheless, now watch this. This is important. There were people, all that bunch that was opposing the work of God. They were opposing him. And here's what he said. Here's what he did. He went to prayer. People opposing you, things fighting you, go to prayer. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal but are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. He's, he's, verse number nine says, nevertheless, we made our prayer to God and set a watch against them day and night because of them. You say, what is he doing? He's praying and working at the same time. There's an old saying, if you want potatoes, pray with a hole in your hand. <laughs> Amen. And that, that, come, that principle comes out of the Bible. Let's go to Daniel chapter nine, verse number three. Daniel said, I set my face unto the Lord to seek by prayer and supplication with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. Now I'm not getting into fasting tonight, but I'm going to tell you fasting is still in the Bible. Yeah. Fasting is still in the Bible. And one of three things that ought to be done in secret in the New Testament, give in secret, fast in secret, and pray in secret. Yeah. 
what God teaches. But I would encourage you to fast. If you've got hard cases, this kind coming forth by nothing, Jesus said, but by prayer and fasting. But Daniel was a praying man. Daniel chapter 10, verse 2 and 3. In those days, I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks. That's 21 days. I ate no pleasant bread, neither came flesh nor wine in my mouth, neither did I anoint myself at all till three whole weeks were fulfilled. In Daniel chapter 3, verses 11 through 13, this is where you see this spiritual warfare. I want you to see this. And he said unto me, O Daniel, in verse number 11, a man greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak unto thee and stand upright. For unto thee I'm now sent. And when he had spoken these words, this word unto me, I stood trembling. Then said he unto me, fear not, Daniel. Watch this now. For from the first day that thou didst set thine heart to understand and to chasten thyself before the Lord thy God, thy words were heard and I am come for thy words. Now watch what he says. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me one and 20 days. But lo, Michael, one of the chief princes came to help me and I remained there at the king of Persia. There was a spiritual battle going on about this prayer. Right. And there's something, I, I don't, again, I can't see tonight. I can't see beyond my fleshly eyes. I can't see in the spirit world, but I know it's there and I know Satan opposes me and he opposes you. And you just need to keep on praying. Pray without ceasing is our text. That text in 1 Thessalonians 5 is not just something tossed out. It is a biblical principle all the way back in the Old Testament that God moves through to teach you and I about it. I want you to be able to tell your grandchildren about God's answered prayer in your life. I mean that. Ephesians 6.12 says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood. What is wrestling there? It's not physical wrestling. Wrestling in prayer. God, I'm not going to give up. I'm going to, I'm going to fight against these principalities and these demons, the spiritual wickedness in high places. I'm going to wrestle. That's what Jacob was doing. He wrestled all night in prayer. Ephesians 6, 18, praying always with all prayer and supplication of spirit, watching there too with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Jesus taught us about temptation. Watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. Keep alert, be aware of what's going on, what Satan's trying to do to you and pray about it. Daniel, Deuteronomy 9, 25, Moses Thus I fell down before the Lord 40 days and 40 nights as I fell down the first. Moses prayed all the time. And this is, Moses just amazes me. Amen. You know, I was telling you about this morning how those people murmured, 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 you know, and they would rebel. You know what Moses always did? Anybody know what he did? He prayed. I mean, he would just go, he'd fall on his face and he'd pray so, oh Lord, don't, don't, don't punish them for that. He even prayed once for God to take him out rather than them. <laughs> But when he ran into challenges and difficult issues of life, he prayed. 1 Samuel 15. It repenteth me that I have set up Saul to be a king, for he has turned back from following me and hath not performed my commandments. And it grieved Samuel, and he cried unto the Lord all night. Prayed all night. 1 Kings 17, Elijah. Prayed and what did God do with the widows? That, that lady, not the widow, but the lady's child. He prayed. God gave him the life back into that child. Matthew chapter six about praying and entering into your closet. Hannah prayed in First Samuel chapter one. Elijah prayed on Mount Carmel. The early church prayed in the book of Acts. And the Bible literally says that when they had prayed, the place was shaken. 
If we don't need a shaking in this country, I don't know, we need a spiritual shaking. And those people were praying and thanking God that they were worthy to be counted reproach for Christ and suffer for Jesus' sake. God give us some people that can get a hold of the horns of the altar, that can fight against the powers of hell in prayer, that can pray in the Holy Ghost, people who are known in the bowels of hell as a prayer. People who can pray down miracles, people who can loose the cords of sin, people that can pray down conviction on sinners, I'm telling you right now. I can get up here and preach my hoot and holler and jump around and do all I want to, but I'm telling you, unless the Holy Ghost is working on the inside of a man's heart, there ain't gonna be nothing done of God. I want to encourage this church, when you walk in these, before you ever get here, start praying. When you drive in the, in the driveway, start praying. When you get out of the truck, start praying. You come in this church house, come up here and pray. And say, God, meet with us this day. Just tell him the truth about it. Well, our preacher's sorry as dirt. He ought to have been in hell. But he, if you don't help him, we ain't going to get nothing today. Just well be honest with him. Amen? And pray. And say, God, in spite of us, meet with us and save people. We need to pray that God will open doors for us to, to evangelize in various areas. We need to pray. There's so much to pray for. We need to pray the power of God. I'm going to be honest with you. In preaching across America, I would tell all you preachers, I'll tell you somebody told me something when I started preaching. I never forgot it. He said, don't you try to preach until you've been somewhere along with God till he, you know he's anointed you. You get somewhere and don't you give up till God puts his spirit upon you to preach. Amen. Right. I'm, I'm just going to be honest with you tonight and I'm careful about talking about this. But I, I will tell you something, unless you've experienced this and some of you have, but you, get, you, you can just be kind of like in a halfway dull mood or spirit, you know, nothing going on and it comes time to preach and you open that Bible up and all of a sudden it's like the Holy Ghost comes and I mean, it's like the, a horse out of the chute. What, what is it? Maybe you were tired. I've walked in this pulpit tired, wore out. I mean, just like, and start preaching and it's just like, man, alive, there's a surge from heaven come. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. And I want to encourage all the preachers here. And I'll tell you what, don't you, you, you tell God I'm not going in that pulpit without you. Yeah. God do something. You're, this is supernatural work. I have to have supernatural power. Amen. Oh God, when I hand a track out, May the Holy Ghost of God travel with that little track. Amen. When you talk to somebody about their soul, the Holy Ghost has to be involved in that. Pray for power. Oh, R.A. Torrey, oh, he was big on this. Constantly pray for power. Pray for power. Because he knew without God's power, the church wasn't going to get anything done. Because I want to tell you about the power of God. It'll upset our lives. Amen. That's why we don't want much power, because it'll upset our apple cart. Pray. The power of God. Don't, don't be content without seeing supernatural work of God in your life. Pray till God brings the blessing down. Pray for God's glory in our midst. Intercede for the brethren. Pray a hedge of protection around straying and wandering. Did you know something? I've looked up in college books, this honest truth, Bible college. You know, they have their books, tells you all the courses that they have and how you're going to get all your credits. I, you can go do this. I have yet to find one that has a course on prayer. Here they're training preachers four years or whatever it is and not one course on prayer. Now it, it may be out there. If it is, let me know about it. I'll be happy for them. But I have checked Bible college, those books you get like if you're wanting to enroll and just cause I'm interested in what, they want, what they're saying. And I get thinking, well, let's see if they got any courses on prayer. I've never seen one yet. Can you imagine 
going to prepare for the ministry and no emphasis on prayer. It's no wonder America's full of dead churches. Y'all see this church die? Quit praying. But I ain't pastor no dead church. <laughs> Amen. I'm gonna pray. I'll tell you what, I'm not joking. I can't stand a dead church. And I know some of you say, well, won't you quit preaching? I'm about to die. <laughs> but <laughs> I do not know, have never heard of a degree given in Bible college on prayer. Never heard of it. Prayer meeting is the most neglected meeting in there is in American churches. <clears throat> the greatest, most important service this church has all week, and I know it may not seem like much to you, but prayer meeting on Wednesday night is the greatest, most, it's the most important service this church has every week. Without it, Sunday morning ain't gonna be a hill of beans. And I thank all of you who come. Boy, the preacher's been good, but I tell you, we've got to get on our knees. And you say, well, I say the same old thing every Wednesday night. Yep, that's right. It's called importunity. Pray without ceasing. Just keep on praying. I'll tell you what I can tell you. I can tell you when the hand goes up what some of them's going to ask. But I've also seen years go by and I've seen prayers answered. Amen. Dean's not here tonight. I wouldn't even know. I bet you 115 Wednesday nights he'd raise his hand for what was that, Robertson? Gary Robertson, would you pray for Gary Robertson to get saved? Every Wednesday night, I knew what he's going to say when he raised his hand. Pray for Gary Robertson. Pray for Gary Robertson. Pray for Gary Robertson. One night he came come in and said, bless God, God saved him. He got saved last week. Pray without ceasing, amen. Well, I'll tell you what. We need to go to the God of all possibility, and that's our Lord Jesus Christ. And I just want to encourage you tonight. And I'll tell you, there's something in the Bible that kind of bothers me. It says, Samuel said, God forbid that I should, cease, uh, should sin against you in ceasing to pray for you. Yeah. I have an obligation to pray for you and your family. Yeah. Now, I'm going to say tonight, um, I should have said this earlier. I'm going to be real honest with you. I am not pastoral. You might come to this church for six months and I may, I'm sorry. I may, I, I may not have ever really talked to you. That's bad to say. But I am going to tell you this. If you're coming to this church and that your name is not in the church directory, please get a hold of Pam or Sister Connie or somebody and put your family's names in there. At my chair, I have a church directory. And I don't do it like I ought to, but I know this verse. God means for the pastor to pray for the people. And it's a sin for me not to pray for you. But if I have your name in there and your children's name, then I can more apt to pray for you. So I encourage you, if you say, hey, I'd like to get our name on, you know, that. And so, and if you can, can you get a church directory, put it with your Bible somewhere. And just, you know, if you pray for two families today and then maybe two families tomorrow, but pray for those people. And we need to pray one for another, hold each other up in prayer and be good to each other that way. I encourage you to pray without prayer, nothing is going to happen. Without prayer, we'll slide into a substitute for the power of the Holy Spirit. And uh, I tell you what, there's just nothing. Isn't it wonderful to be able to talk to God? Isn't it wonderful to be able to say, our Heavenly Father? Well, I tell you what, that's the sweetest thing I know of. Let's stand together tonight. I think I've aggravated you enough. Amen.